Welcome to another thrilling episode of Tom Mad Attack with me, Tom Parry. And me, Matt Boyle. Yay! Yay! This week we'll mostly be talking about video games. We will. We tend to talk about video games on a weekly basis, if you hadn't guessed. We do. We talk about what games we've played, what games we've bought, and current gaming news and uh, opinions. Yeah, and general things about the world of video gaming and its apparent state of decay by today's <laughs> Oh, standards. man, that's a very negative start to the show. I'm gloomy, Tom. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's um, cheer things up now and, and talk about what amazing games we've played this week. Yeah, um, if you want to start, you can go well, ahead. I'm continuing to play a fantastic uh, 3DS downloadable title. What do you call them? They're not 3DS Wear, are they? Like, or are they? Um, I think they might 3DS be. 3DS Wear. Um, well, it's, it used to be DSiWare on yeah. the previous console. I think it's just like a download exclusives or something like that, they're called. I don't okay. think they've got a particular name. Well, the particular name of the game is uh, Gunman Clive, and I've mentioned this previously uh, on this show. It's really good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, am I close enough to the mic, Matthew? No, you are, yeah. Thank you. No, you okay. are. Hope you can hear me okay out there uh, in Radioland. <laughs> Boy, wanting to say that. Radioland. Yeah, so... <laughs> Gunman Clive is a uh, 2D platform game with a lovely visual aesthetic, uh, a homegrown title uh, made by two people, if I'm led to believe correctly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, people with the same surname. Oh, okay. So I don't so know maybe if these are siblings. brothers, siblings, or, or, or a couple, you know, a married couple or whatever. Could let be. us know. Yeah. If you develop Gunman Clive, we'd like to know, and I, I'm probably terribly wrong in my assumption. But you've made a really good game, and really, for the, for the price of it, it's... Amazing value. Yeah, this well, game deserves to be priced higher. You should get some more money out of this thing because it's a fantastic slice of retro uh, platforming. I haven't played it. It just looks really nice. It's all hand-drawn, it, right? It looks, yeah. It's got that hand-drawn aesthetic. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Um, nice soundtrack as well. And anyone who likes 2D platformers, especially ones like this that hark back to the, uh, the retro years, the glory years of the 2D platformer, it's, it's not to be missed. And uh, I think I'm on world, uh, what, not world, level 13, 14. I've just got into space. Ooh. Uh, even though it's the game set in the Wild West. Is uh, it now Cowboys versus Aliens? <laughs> There's a funny bit where I saw a, a cowboy and a horse floating around in space as I was dodging asteroids yeah. and such. Um, Is it just like a regular cowboy and regular horse, but they've got one of those like 1950s space They should have done. I don't think they, they had, oh. actually. Um, maybe missed a trick there, but... Uh, it's great, and actually, at this point, the game is now a, a side-scrolling 2D shooter. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It's pretty cool. But uh, on the whole, it's uh, run-and-jump action with a bit of shooting, so it's very good. Um, I played Drill Dozer the other day. Yeah, so you playing that. It looks really cool. Drill Dozer is a Game Boy Advance title developed by Game Freak. It's, uh, again, a 2D platformer with a very unique mechanic. Uh, what you get to do is uh, hold down R, and you, you, you drill 
and you have different gears to your drill, so you can actually power up your drill depending on uh, what gears you possess. Okay. Uh, so to break through certain objects, you need a higher gear power. Yeah. You, you hold the button down for a prolonged period of time to get that more gear power. Um, it's got a lovely um, pixel art. Uh, the, the, the characters look really cute, and uh, the design is uh, very nice indeed. So another good 2D platformer. Cool. With a unique premise. I'm sensing a running theme here, Thomas. Um, then what else have I got here? I play Sonic Adventure 2, downloadable 360 version. Uh, as uh, long-time listeners to the show will know, I've recently been... Uh, I kind of give myself the challenge of completing as many Sonic games as I can. But not officially. Not, not officially, not like Matt's Mario Challenge. <laughs> uh, so I've been casually playing uh, Sonic Adventure 2. But I think it's a great game, actually. For all its little niggles, there's, there's, there's some reasonably good design hidden there. Uh, it's, it's not an amazing uh, tour de force of game design, but it's, uh, it's, it's a good game, and uh, it's got a nice style to it, and... I like Sonic Adventure 2, and I'm enjoying replaying it. I played it first on the GameCube. Kind of yeah. like it. It's yeah. okay. Like, I don't imagine it's aged very well. There's some things, yeah. Visually, it, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. look... I mean, I remember looking at the Dreamcast. It was really nice. And even on, on, on the GameCube, I think now you compare it against the newer Sonic titles, like Sonic Generations, Sonic Unleashed. Uh, yeah. It does look a li- little more on the ropey side, but nice sharp textures and things. And uh, just a few of the cameras still niggles in these Sonic games and the constant frustration of uh, wanting to play another Sonic the Hedgehog level and yeah. getting given an, yet another Knuckles level, for instance, where Ooh, you have to trawl yeah, around finding the emeralds. I was going to say, I think a good two-thirds of the game is enjoyable. Mm. Those Knuckle and Rouge, the bat levels are pretty terrible. Yeah, you kind of persevere with them to get to the better stuff. Yeah. What's good about Sonic Adventure 2 is you've technically you've got two games there. You play through the hero side, which is substantially quite long yeah yeah and then then the dark side which i haven't even started on yet so and then you can just waste loads of hours in the chow garden which is what i did on the gamecube i really like that as an aesthetic uh, not an aesthetic as, as, as a feature sorry for the game where um you will find yourself in the levels trying to collect as many little creatures as possible yeah so yeah. you can upgrade your chow and um for those of you not not familiar with this this is uh Chows are like uh, little pets in the Sonic world, and uh, they were first introduced to Sonic Adventure 1 on the Dreamcast, and the, the, the cute thing about that was you could actually put it onto your virtual memory unit, yeah. which was your memory card with the screen, for those who don't remember as far back as the Dreamcast, and you could carry them around with you and do little games and level them up and things like that. And, and, and in this game, you don't, you sadly don't have that feature, but you can look after them in the... Uh, the Chow Garden, build up their stats, have them compete in uh, races and karate championships, which as they are, are a bit dull. But it's fun to level them up, and I know there's an achievement for getting them to certain levels, so that's an, an extra incentive to uh, They just look it. cool when you get the higher level ones. Yeah. That's why I kind of liked it. You know, you can, depending on which characters you use to raise them, they'll change their persona from dark to light. light. And, yeah, and, and yeah, such. that's so, kind of a nice touch too. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's really good. Um, and what else? What else this week? Uh, do you reckon Call of Duty will do that in the new <laughs> Call of Duty game? <laughs> With a dog? Do you reckon they'll have like a dog oh, I want to level up the can, dog. Where you can pamper your pup. I think they're missing a trick if you don't do that. Yeah, dog breeding. Yeah. yeah. You find little snacks for your dog in the levels. Yeah, you can wear yeah. like Call of Duty style camo gear. Oh, I dress like, them up? Yeah. On the <laughs> you can buy downloadable content, which is extra 
clothes for Don't your dog. Don't joke about that. That probably is going to exist. <laughs> probably. Well, a li- nice little bow for your dog's ears in a yeah. camel pattern. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Nice pair of shades, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, that was a doorbell. Uh, we can't remember what we were talking about before it because we have no concentration span. So we're just going to jump on to the next game. And the next game. Well, I think we finished the last game, really. I think we, we did. We, we said as much Call as of Duty, we can downloadable about, content. About yeah. That. Um, episode one, Race of Revenge on the PS2. Now, I was pleasantly surprised by this title. Uh, Matt picked this up for us. Very I nice did. of you, Matt. Yeah, I, I'd try. He, he does think. I shower him with gifts every <laughs> now and again. There's a great offer on at uh, GameStop in Denmark where you buy five uh, PS2 games for, I think, uh, 100 kroners. No, no, it's better than that now. It? It's three PS2 games for 40 kroner. Three for 40 kroner? Yeah. Not too bad. Um, so this is the sequel to the fantastic uh, N64 title that I really enjoyed back in the day and it's one of the few games that actually went to the length of completing oh yeah. yes I completed fully completing it and fully completing and getting that second menu screen which is I think a reverse of the first one um, yeah it's uh, it's nice I'm actually quite impressed by the visuals uh, and, and the character models in it Obviously, I'm comparing them to the ones in the N64 game, but yeah, these yeah. look very close to what you actually see in the movie. Well, and Hadrian Christensen looks like he's just been like photo grabbed, you know, he's just like they've taken a picture of him and put him on the screen. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about the game. It, it takes place after episode one, right? So, where Anakin is now in his uh, episode two age. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. So he just went back to uh, Tatooine, I guess. When he's back there, you know, looking for his mother, he just took some time out to do some uh, pod racing. Of course, as you do. <laughs> I guess. Um, the game plays really well. It loses that cool mechanic I used to like, where you push forward on the uh, analog stick to charge your boost and then uh, boost off on that once you've got a full charge. Um, it, instead, it moves the boost button to the R2 or R1, one, one of them, yeah. Um, which it works fine, less unique. The track design is pretty nice. There's nice lot like, of Star Wars references going in the background, like the, the you know you get uh, the sail barge from to the Jedi flyby as you you plow through on the uh, Tatooine levels. Um, really nicely made game, I think, and uh, comparable in quality to the N64 game. Not in my opinion, not quite as good. Really, I think maybe there's a nostalgia value to that. Okay. But um, there's a couple of new characters introduced as well. And overall, uh, I think the studio was Rainbow Studios who developed that. Rainbow. I'm not, I'm not familiar with their output, but they, they did a good job with this one. That's cool. Uh, and Superman Fortress of Solitude. Matt will probably mention wow. that he actually uh, picked up this game this week. Uh, this is for the Game Boy Advance. And to uh, our surprise, it's actually a puzzle game. Seemingly terrible one from what this I can see. This uh, is based on Superman Returns movie, and it has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever, from what I can gather. Well, perhaps because there's no action in that movie, <laughs> from what I understand, right? A lot of talking, so they're like, well, what's more entertaining than talking? Puzzle game! We'll say it's a Sudoku with gems, basically. Really? Uh, there are some action centers. Action sequences interweaved with this, but they are very substandard, side-scrolling, shooty bits. Okay. Where Superman uh, uses laser vision to shoot down. Um, I don't know what the enemies are meant to be. To be honest, I can't. I've not been able to work it out yet. <laughs> They're strangely shaped things which float around. They made out of diamonds. Uh, possibly, possibly. So uh, yeah, I couldn't really be bothered with this game. It's uh, not that good. 
Fortress of Solitude is perhaps an apt title for it. If you want to encase yourself in a Fortress of Solitude, then uh, play, play that game. Um, Ridge Racer 6 I also played this week. Uh, I actually picked it up as well this week. Uh, been a game I've been fancying playing for a while. I, I played every other Ridge Racer game in the series. Uh, 6 was the only one I missed out on. It's just the same as 7. Really? <laughs> yeah. Who would have guessed? Well, it's not exactly the same as 7, of course, on the PS3, but it's very similar. That they are, It is the 360 equivalent to that game, and it features tracks that are in the PSP games as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole structure of the game is very similar to both the PSP and PS3. Kind games. of a trope of the Ridge Racer series, though, if I remember correctly. Like, Ridge Racer 1 and Ridge Racer Revolutions is just, like, the same yeah, game, but with different similar. cars. Of course, Ridge Racer 4 shook it up a bit, my favourite entry into the series. Yeah. With having a, a team you race for, and uh, you get to speak to the uh, chief of the, the team okay. after every race. Right. And there's a little storyline interwoven into it. Okay, and for that's someone nice. who doesn't really want storylines in their racing games, this one's quite good. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who wants something... It's actually got bits you read in between the races. Wow, did you read them? Yeah. You sure you didn't just click the X button? Yeah, because there's this cool one where you kind of um, spark some kind of relationship with a female uh, race car manager. Okay. He manages a company. And it's quite cute, actually. Yeah. The, uh, the dialogue. Okay. Yeah. But uh, fair it's, it's, it's a good game. But uh, Racer 6, fine game. If you enjoyed uh, recent Ridge Racer titles, you'll be sure to love this one. That's good. Nice visuals, great power sliding gameplay. You can't go wrong. And you can play Pac Man as well. Okay. While you wait for things to load. Yeah. So. Oh, fair enough. Bit of Pac Man. I, I think. Yes, I've covered everything I've played this week, Matthew. It's okay. your go now. Right, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna jump into the bulk of it. Uh, if for those who listened last week, for new people, hello. Um, I've been setting myself a challenge to go through all the Mario games. I did start blogging about it first, but then that felt way too official, and I'm just going to give a weekly rundown of it now because it's way too much effort <laughs> to write about it, especially if we haven't been playing it late into the night. Um, yeah, so I started at the beginning, played Super Mario Brothers 1 on the... We tried to play it on the NES, and for some reason, the pins, I think, are going on my original NES, so I may have to send it back, because fortunately, I got it refurbished. And it's got a warranty! Yay! So, I'll do that. But, so, as a result of that, I played it on Super Mario All-Stars, and first of all, started playing it with me and Tom, well, I played it first, I give it like a trial run the day before I went to the start and got to World 5. And then me and Tom played it two-player, got to World 5, and then realised it took like eight years to play a game because you had to wait for one person to finish the level, and when they died, it was then your go, and it was pretty... It was fun for a while. Yeah. It was nice and competitive. Yeah, it was very competitive. We were actually thinking about maybe starting some videos because it was quite a bit of banter, quite funny. Uh, but no, completed that, Super Mario 1. Guess quite tough in World Eight. Yeah, it's good. Everyone knows it's good. It's the reason Mario's still around. And then I moved on to Lost Levels, which I'm still kind of playing, but kind of can't be asked. I got to World Eight, and because I didn't use any warp pipes, that means that I get an extra five worlds, mm. which aren't as tough as World Eight in my opinion so far. So I'm kind of playing it. Uh, as I said in the blog post, though, kind of glad that it isn't officially Super Mario 2 outside of Japan because I just don't think Mario would have sold as well. 
No, I think it was probably a wise decision not to release the game outside of Japan as a true sequel to one, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, one of Nintendo because America's true genius moves, <laughs> other than just quite similar and it's more very similar. It's just harder. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's not like any new sprites or anything. It even unfair at times. I would go so far as to say, like you know, I I like playing things like Mega Man and this kind of stuff, which are generally quite tough games. But it's just, I don't know, just there's little bits where, like, you've got hammer bros that throw, like, nine hammers at random and stuff, and it's just a bit of a pain to play. Like, you learn... it. In all fairness, like, playing it after Super Mario wasn't too bad because I'd kind of got to that level of skill where I could complete Super Mario quite easily, and then I was trying to apply that to Lost Levels, but Lost Levels was very hard. Well, I do applaud your perseverance. Died a couple of hundred times, with I this think. Game. I would point. have given up long before you, so I well of, done. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so I'm on World C3 now, so I've got like one more world to go. But I'm I'm just kind of like, I'll do a level of that every now and again now, I think. It's yeah. a bit of a pain in the bum to play, and I'm not getting that much enjoyment out of it. But oh, I, I will truly complete sad. it. In oh things. my, it's all very sad. Come on. It is. Uh, yeah, but then I started playing Super Mario 2, which was kind of a refreshing change, and I kind of see Super Mario 2 in a new light now where I'm just kind of like oh it brings something new and completely different to the table it's kind of refreshing after playing <laughs> Mario 1 and Lost Levels so yeah I quite you know what's there to say about it I like it started playing it as Peach which is dif- more difficult but then I thought oh life's too short and just started playing it as Mario again mm. but yeah it's fun and then I played a bit of Super Mario Land because I got a Game Boy which I'll talk about in my board section and yeah Started playing that, really enjoyed it. I uh, got to the end boss yesterday and died. Fortunately, it's not continued, so I'm just going to play through it again today and do it because it's not very really long. Um, yeah, but other than that, new games, new games, new games. Oh, wow. Yeah, I played Remember Me, which I, I really, really like. Oh, this um, is a, a recent release. It's a new release uh, by a French studio called Don't Nod, um, published by Capcom. Very, very good game. Neo um, Paris. Neo Paris, yeah, everything's set in like the year 2078, and essentially what you are is a memory hunter, which is a woman who can like affect the memories of other people, whereas people could steal memories and interject their new pleasurable memories to like overcome grievances and all this kind of stuff. You are one of the only people that can go into someone's head and remix their memories, which for me are the most fun sequences of the game. Uh, they tend to put them after you've done a level of combat, and it borrows heavily from a lot of games. Um, there's a thing called Remembering, which kind of reminds me of Assassin's Creed. It's Eagle Vision, where you press the button and everything goes kind of flittery because you're inside a computer. And the climbing dynamics to it are very Assassin's Creed mixed with a bit of Tomb Raider, and... The aesthetic of some of the enemies is like Subarus from Mass Effect. And it's just like a hodgepodge bit of games. Edge. And bit Mirror's Edge. She looks like Joanna Dark. Some serious, serious inspiration going on from the Arkham games as well. Yeah. Like there's a level that's kind of like the Scarecrow levels. And you essentially your fighting styles like Catwoman. But you've got this really cool, nice thing to it where you've got a combo system that you can customise. And it kind of falls apart towards the end of the game, and you can kind of see like the holes in the idea. But up until then, it's really great. Mm. You can customize your own thing. So you obviously you've got the set buttons, so you only have to learn like five or six combos. 
but you can customize them with either the ability to hit harder. There's a regen ability, so you gain your health back. There's a chain combo, because if your combos last longer, you get more focus, which allows you to do special attacks. And then there's one for reload times on these special attacks, which can either be you overload someone, which is a sign of instant kill knockout thing where you blow up their circuitry thing on the back of their head. It's cool. There's loads of really, really nice things about it. Aesthetically, one of the best games I've played in a long time. There's just so much going on visually that's mm. really inspiring. That's true, yeah. And visually, uh, the quality of the visuals is very high. You can tell that it's one of the last games of this gen where it's just it's pushed everything to the max it can go. I played it on the PlayStation 3, so I've got no comments on the Xbox version. Uh, I played it purely because I thought the Xbox version might be a couple of discs. I'm not sure if it is. But, yeah, like Tom said, it's kind of a brand thing. You kind of associate the PlayStation perhaps a little bit more with, like... Sleek and sleek sexy and, sexy and, and futuristic things. <laughs> so, like, I, yeah, I just picked it up there. That, and it was quite cheap in Fauna. Like, I could have got the Xbox version, but I thought, oh, no, I'll get the PlayStation version. Actually, that's my Danish deal of the week, I think. It's only 400 kroner in Fauna, uh, compared to the... 549 kroner in anywhere else by, I went. by Danish standards of a new release that's not too bad but that's pretty much the price it is on Amazon though and I mean for Danish prices I can just that's see this game pretty good. sale for 15 quid I in can a couple of months it will be time. undoubtedly but it, it's a shame it's good I, I really really recommend playing it like like I said, it's not the best game. It's not one I'm going to go, you need to play it. What but it if does, you can get hold of it, play it. Which we, we talked about, was it takes like a generation of third-person action games. It does. And, and, and takes all those best bits that have been developed over this, this uh, console generation and formulates uh, what, what looks like a really enjoyable third-person It is. It's game. really great. With, with, with a few unique ideas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. the story's pretty engaging. It's pretty good. My only qualm with the game really because i can forgive that the animation sometimes isn't great and stuff when you're doing takedowns it may be a bit glitchy and you'll punch through someone's head or whatever like that but there's one thing that annoys me some of the voice acting in the game is so unenthusiastic it's just like uh, even like one of the main characters was a guy you talk through talk to throughout the game on a comm system in that kind of gears of war style, walking around, hand to you, talking thing. <laughs> well, what, what are you going to do? It it need it's how you get people to feel like they're playing without giving them cutscenes. So I've got no nothing against it. But it was interesting. Cause I was commenting on this. It, it's happened a lot in video games. It's 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 almost a trend to yeah. to, to use this feature. Well, it's just a it's a thing. They want you to play. They don't want you to disengage from playing the game. Because I mm. mean. It's got quick time events, which kind of annoy me. It's actually the boss battles remind me a bit of um, uh, the Forces Unleashed, mm. in the sense you fight and fight and fight, and then you finish it off with like a, a combo of real time action. One of the levels actually looked to me like something out of Forces Unleashed. Yeah, it, well. it's definitely the <laughs> mashup of all third person. Unfortunately, Noel Noel should die in there. I love that game. Yeah. Well, uh, in in terms of actually having a unique visual styling, then yeah, I you guess could say so, that about maybe. It. No yeah. 2D platforming levels, though. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, very, very good game. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah, the voice acting, uh, main character called Edge. And just sometimes, like, some of his line deliveries are just terrible. And, like, there's one time where you're, in, you're like, in, get, going into this memorized corporation's building and a guard goes, look, there she is, with that much enthusiasm. Like, everyone else is just like, yeah, we got to get her, blah, 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 blah. And then the guy turns and just goes in the most, like, 
deadpan way. Look, there she is. As in, just like, it's the director was prompting another actor of what he had to read before, and then they forgot to record yeah. that actor's line and then left the deadpan delivery in. But, yeah, I, I give it a solid 7, 8 out of 10. Really? One of the best third-person games to play. I'm not really that big a fan, despite playing that many. How would like, you compare it to something like Tomb Raider, which also played recently? Um, oh, tricky. To be honest... They're slightly different. Different games. To be honest, I think this game has a lot to offer in terms of, like I said, these visual, the remix things. It kind of reminds me a bit of... I don't. I know it's not, but it reminds me a bit of Heavy Rain in mm. places, just like the grittiness of it and stuff. It just the memory sequences are great. Like essentially, you go into other people's memories and you kind of trick them to being on your side, or you trick them into believing they did something in their past that they didn't actually do. By kind of being given a scene and rewinding and fast forwarding the action that takes place yeah, in that and scene, and select being able to select certain elements of so the that scene, scene to, to interact with, interact with, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, those for me were the better sequences of the game, and they felt like a reward. But I scenes of that was kind of one of the coolest things about the game. You didn't get to do it enough for me, but mm. then maybe it gotten stale, so maybe they were right to kind of balance it but i don't know good game anyways well let's see if there's a sequel yeah. remember me again i don't know what the think i'm calling it yeah it's kind of a <laughs> tricky one in it i didn't forget question mark <laughs> i don't go. know never forget never forget maybe oh yeah and then i played a bit of state decay uh after giving big phil his microsoft points it's what he went out and straight bought because he came out that day he was oh, just like really? yeah gonna get state of the decay with these points so i was like okay cool and I've seen a few of the people on the Twitter who aren't the Americans getting Animal Crossing New Leaf today. We've got to wait until next Friday. Um, yeah, it seemed very good. It's kind of a, a zombie survival RPG third-person action-adventure game. Ooh. Yeah, it's a lot rolled into one. Essentially, just kind of like, you know, it, it feels to me... I, I haven't played Daisy, so I might be well off in comparing it. Daisy? Daisy. It's a... Oh, PC. no, not Daisy. Um, uh, it kind of has what I've seen from pictures. I've got a PC. I'm not a big PC gamer yet. We'll see how E3 goes. I may get one. Um, yeah, just good. Very nicely rounded game. Very cool things about it. Played the trial. Got to the point where it was like, oh, unlock a full game, and I was like, yeah, I want to keep playing. This is really good. Mm. And so I did. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I've been playing. I've been burrowing into Mario mainly so but I completed Remember Me and I'm yeah you completed that in, in what a couple of days yeah I, three I days. enjoyed it that much that so I just kind of wanted to play yeah. through it yeah it's good yeah um, so what have you bought this weekend Thomas? what have I bought this week well up until uh, yesterday I only bought one video game related thing wowzers which was quite an expense actually I purchased a Japanese PlayStation 2 slimline console and why did you do that Thomas why did I do that well I've actually had a, a small collection of Japanese PS2 games for a while that I've never been able to play and I, I went through the first thing I tried to do was use the swap magic system yeah and uh, I got I got the disc and the uh, the swap card. A little bit of plastic. The thing where you have to kind of get inside the disc, tr take the front off the disc tray yeah. first, and then get the card in and hook it round something to force the disc tray out without the PlayStation knowing that you've yeah it's open the disc tray just so you could trick the game into letting you play these Japanese types. 
trick, trick the console and letting you play these titles. Um, that I can never get that to work. Never successfully managed that. Really? At all. Wow. Um, so I gave up on that. And when I got a Slimline PS2 rather cheaply, I'd heard that you could get um, a modified uh, disc lids, yeah. which you could open. You could kind of open the lid, yeah, but not open the lid. You had a you had a flap in the lid, yeah, and you open that and put the. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't. No, um, but then getting hold of one then was proved quite difficult, and it would involve you know a little bit of technical modding, uh, yeah. fiddling around with it. Uh, there is the option of modding the console, uh, chipping it, but nah, again, yeah, I wanted to do that. Yeah, so I've seen a, a one on eBay. Actually, it's a Final Fantasy 12. 12. Would be branded uh, Japanese console. I put some bids in and I won it. Yeah. It's actually quite funny because Tom won it but didn't realise he won it and then was just kind of like, oh gosh, thank God I didn't put that much of a bid in. <laughs> Look how much that went for. Oh, that's my bid. <laughs> much to my delight. It's cheaper than other places I've seen them being sold, but I imagine. If I was ever in Japan, I get a bit of a shock at how cheap I'd probably be able to get a Japanese Go into the old for. super potato. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm happy to have one, finally. So I look forward to playing all these Japanese fighting games I've been amassing. That's um, cool. And, yeah. and now I'm my opportunity, I have an opportunity to pick up loads more Japanese games. Hooray! So I, I'm, I'm really quite pleased about that. Um, Blockbuster in Denmark uh, still exists, first of all. Yeah, and... <laughs> I think this should be our Danish deal of the week in general. Uh, just because they have up to 80% off all games at the moment. so this Yeah, there's some great bargains to be found in there. I just picked up a few titles that uh, I'd been after. Yeah. Bar one, which I'm not sure why I bought, but I did. <laughs> um, Ridge Racer 6, which I've previously mentioned, picked that up for around about 50 kroner. Uh, it's always been an obscure one that you never used to see it in uh, second-hand shops in the UK. Every, every now and again, you'd you'd, you'd see it. Need for Speed Most Wanted's like that though, right? The first one. Most, most oh yes, on yeah, the that's Xbox. Pretty obscure, it is yeah. a bit. Um, not sure if this is obscure as that one, but when I saw it, I decided to pick it up. Um, I've been wanting to play the Toy Story Three game for a while. I do enjoy three D platformers, and I'd heard some very good things about this one. I didn't even realize you bought that. Yeah. Yeah, I like Toy Story. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who um, doesn't? I look forward to uh, watching the film again and then being able to play the game afterwards. Okay. I, I like that. Experience it, yeah. thought, I've got a lot of games like that where, you know, you really want to play the film. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I now have the opportunity to do that. Um, the Shoot is my uh, Danish deal of the week. That was 29.95 kroner. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. This is a uh, an early PlayStation Move title which was a really fun kind of like shooting gallery type of game. It had yeah. a really nice aesthetic where the characters were actually just like uh, two-dimensional cutouts that would pop up okay. when you shoot them. Um, there was even things where you had to do special moves with while well, holding the uh, move remote as a gun and you kind of spin around and jump up and down and oh, do cool. things just to get extra special moves. And uh, So I really like the shoot and I'm happy to have picked that up for such a reasonable price. Uh, King of Fighters 12. This was uh, the game that I'm still wondering why I picked it up. Uh, 49.95 krone. You know, it's about five pounds roughly, and it's a bit more. Uh, and I, I've got the Xbox version. I don't rate it as a game because it is that 
bare bones of a title. Like they've only really got an arcade mode that's relatively short. Yeah. And uh, not a, a huge selection of characters either. Uh, but the PS3 one had a different cover to the Xbox one. And being a, a collector when I saw this, I, oh, I think I'll just pick it up at that price. Yeah. I'm not commenting on this. Yeah. So I have a copy of King of Fighters 12 on the PS3 now. Uh, Great. And as we just briefly touched on in the last section, Matt picked up, us up uh, Episode 1 Race of Revenge on PS2, which I like, and, and Whiplash on the PS2, yeah. which is a good game. I have previously played it on the Xbox. Uh, so, yep, yeah, nice to add that to the uh, our growing PS2 collection. Yeah, seriously growing <laughs> PS2 collection. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll start with the other games I got in that deal in GameStop then. Uh, they restocked their PlayStation 2 titles after me and Tom pillaged them a couple of weeks back for anything good and then even took the worst in the Phoenix games. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of looked at it and was just like, oh, cool, they've got a load of uh, survival horror games in. Uh, so I picked up Onomusha, Resident Evil 4 and The Thing. And then I got the no one. good. Yeah, I've played it before yeah. i love it i just never completed it because i had it on rent goal and i got no one lives forever because i've often heard that it's a very good well scripted game very lots funny of copies and stuff. of that in game stuff I yeah noticed. but i was just like oh go on i'll play it like it's it's roughly a pound at the end of the day when you add up what i would have paid so yeah it seemed worth getting actually looking at this list i haven't i've kind of didn't realize how much i spent this week but uh, <laughs> it makes sense because i'm not going to buy anything next week bar a certain playstation 3 title coming out and i then i don't think i'll be buying any games for a while anyway oh so, you say that i say that now yeah <laughs> uh well actually i tell her like i've got a lot of wii u titles pre-ordered and yeah but i don't plan on going to some shops or i'll just get my pre-orders in place and kind of work through the back catalogue just in case I end up going for a next-gen console. But again, we'll see what happens in E3. Um, yeah, I got Oracle of Seasons and Ages because they're very, very cheap at the moment on the Nintendo eShop on the DS. Uh, 37 kroner, 50, I think, so but roughly about 3, 4 quid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I played both of them on the Game Boy at release. Loved them both. Traded it in because of the obscurity. And I think I got uh, my first copy of Illusion of Time for it. So, very sad to see it go, but I'd kind of played it to death. I think I completed it about three or four times. So, you're I, looking forward to playing through these games? In my again. opinion, best games in the Zelda series, bar none. I say what you want about Ocarina, and I really do enjoy Wind Waker as well, but Seasons and Ages have just got something for me. You're saying just, to me you prefer the portable Zelda titles? I do. I, well, to be honest, I really enjoy Wind Waker. Like, I like Ocarina of Time a lot. But, like, Wind Waker's kind of got an edge on Ocarina for me. I just like the aesthetic more mm. and stuff. And that, and I've played Ocarina a time to death. So I think mm. that may have something to do with the fact I've played it so many times on various consoles. Uh, but for me, like, Link's Awakening's a fantastic, fantastic game. On par, I think, with A Link to the Past, even though A Link to the Past has got so many better features and stuff, and I'm really looking forward to the Wii U one. Uh, but Seasons and Ages, for me, are... Great, great games, just vibrant colours. The fact that you can complete one game and then you can go into another game after it with your equipment mm. and all this kind of stuff is a really nice touch. Much like in Golden Sun on the Game Boy Advance. Just great games. Just yeah. really enjoy them. Looking forward to playing them again. Um, 
I got Dark Souls in Blockbuster, uh, the Prepare to Die edition with all the DLC and stuff for 99 kroner, which is nice. Um, and then the cool stuff I got this week, I got a Digital Devil Survivor Overclocked to the 3DS, published by Ghostlight. I did indeed. Oh. It's on its way. Um, it was never released in Denmark for reasons unknown, and I happened to see there was a copy on Amazon, uh, new on the the seller side for twelve pound, and said I wanted gift. So I was just like, I'll have you. Yeah, twelve pounds. So, yeah, very happy with that. Um, I also then picked up uh, on a spontaneous trip to the beach on Wednesday, uh, as Tom mentioned, a copy of Superman Returns Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> but wait, I didn't buy that game because of that game. I bought it because I got a nice teal Game Boy Color um, with uh, DuckTales 2 and Pokemon Red, as well as that, for a, a bang-up price of 50 kroner, which I'm pretty happy with. Probably could have got it for cheaper, if I'm being honest. They didn't really... You just waved 50 kroner at them because they didn't speak English. They took it, and then I got DuckTales 2, which is a really good game. And obviously, Pokemon Red's great. But it means I can play the Mario titles on the Game Boy. Yay! And yeah, other than that, I got a fight stick finally. Yeah. I saw on Kotaku on Monday morning that Amazon were having a pretty nice deal on the Street Fighter versus Tekken. Street Fighter Cross Tekken, I should say. Fight Stick, the pro version, was only uh, 80 quid, so I invested in it. And this is an, um, a massive arcade stick. It I was is. looking at some photos of it, and it seems heavy duty. It's metal and everything. It's real yeah. arcade parts, and yeah. you can, if Tom was so inclined, but he's already got a Fight Stick, could buy another one, and then we could bolt them together, and it would be the exact yeah. width it's of the arcade cabinet. Very it tempting, really but... Cool. Yeah. Yeah, but so I, I saw it and I was just kind of like, oh, well, I'll have you. I'm looking for a fight stick. And as Tom has pointed out today, I can use it on my OER when I bring that back from the UK. Yeah. So very happy bunny about that now. Yeah. So I can emulate old fighting games that we own on other consoles, but use a fight stick with them. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much my bot. I put it out on Twitter today for the first time ever, try and get some community involvement. Maybe that needs a little jingle, like community involvement. Beep, 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 Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we got to get DJ Klaus on that. We've got to get DJ Klaus on that, who does a <laughs> theme song each and every week. Thank you, Klaus. Um, yeah, this bad uh, long-term listener bought Gunpoint from Steam. I uh, said it's a action puzzle platformer. Looked really cool. I've added it to the list of games I'm going to get when I get a new PC very soon. Uh, Granite Banana is playing Resident Evil Revelations on the Wii U. Said he's playing it with the gamepad, but he said it's nice. He said he's okay really? with it. Yeah, he said he's used to the gamepad, so he said okay. it's pretty good. But he said he's going to play it with his pro, pro controller later. He just said he was just sat in bed at the time, so he was okay. playing it on the gamepad. Mm. Uh, video Game Porn is playing uh, a copy of Ninja Gaiden 2 for the NES that his friend gave him. Oh, that's a nice gift. Pretty generous, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard game to track down on, pal. Yeah. Well, they've, they've, I don't even know if it got released. No, it might be a US copy. Uh, I was um, pointing down, uh, I think it was an Australian copy at one point of it. And maybe yours, actually. Mm. Yeah. Great game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, Lorraine Green is playing uh, State of Decay, and she said that there's also a rumour that uh, Daisy will be at 
E3. We should call it DayZ. DayZ. Yeah, I should call it DayZ because I'm calling it DayZ. Oh, dear. Uh, DayZ is a, a possibly been rumoured to be at E3 as a standalone game so everyone can enjoy it on consoles and stuff. So that should be quite cool. Yeah, um, then moving on to the topic of E3 itself. Okay, we can't, yeah have a show this week and not talk about uh, E3, which uh, begins uh, next week. It does, yeah. Um, we're actually, because of a festival here in Denmark, going to actually record our show pretty much at the end of E3. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you the fresh roundup and stuff. It's the it exciting happens. time as always, E3. Of yeah. course. I, to be honest, I can't remember. Like last year, I was just kind of like, oh yeah, E3's happening. That's cool. Like so much stuff happening you know it's a new console generation like there's so many rumors it's a big one we're gonna get to see the ps4 i hope so you know it would be nice if they did show us the (laughs) ps4 (laughs) just saying unless they're just like oh this is the plug (laughs) this is the plug that'll go with the console yeah i i think this is where people maybe will decide if they're gonna get a ps4 or a xbox one because these consoles are going to be expensive unless you do have a large income i doubt many of you are going to go out there and buy both of them um from all the analyst reports and stuff everyone thinks that both companies are gonna try and swoop them in under 400 yeah at the very very top range there'll be 400 so i'm very interested to see what sony are going to say about the ps4 so far it's been good I think it's had a bit more of a positive reception so far uh, compared to the Xbox One. Purely putting on, you know, the hat of the unbiased man. Mm. They've been awfully quiet as well. And this is true, yes. (laughs) Maybe the the playing field will level out at E3 and you might see that there's not a huge lot of difference between uh, the PS4 and the Xbox One. See, this could go two ways. Either Sony may have implemented these things and now they're just like, oh my God, and they're seeing the bad PR that Microsoft are getting. I looked at a poll on Game FAQs this morning and 48% of the people who replied to the poll have said they're not getting the Xbox One out of, I can't remember, it's nearly 50,000, 60,000 people have viewed the website this poll was conducted Mm. over. And like 48% of them said, no, not buying the console. Stuff it, I'm not getting Microsoft. And then I think it was a further 35% of the people said they had an Xbox 360 and now they weren't going to get an Xbox One because mm. they didn't like Microsoft's policies on it. Based on what we've seen in the Xbox One already, personally, there's nothing that they've announced or talked about that has got me particularly excited. Now, this could potentially all change at E3. It will, they I could, think. They're going to announce their killer apps, as so to speak. Uh, I'd hope. I'd hope so. Um, They've got to announce something exciting to make people want this console. Yeah, this is what I'm (laughs) concerned about, though, because of all that talk of new titles and stuff, as I I think I previously mentioned to you, Thomas, and I can't remember if I've said it on the podcast, how many of those are going to be Kinect titles? How many of them are going to be Gears of War 5? You but know. good news recently that, that you can turn the Connect off. I know some people were concerned but you can't about the invasion of privacy. No, but it won't always be listening. Uh, you know, like what we were first led to believe. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theory things <laughs> I've been reading on the internet because we'll all be wearing hats made of a tinfoil. Um, it just, yeah, it seems a bit shady still to me. 
the fact that you can't unplug it from the console, the fact that it has to actually, even though you can turn it off, it has to be into the console. You can't mm. take it out, which yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Why, if you turn it off, can't you unplug it from the console? But they may clarify this. They may say, okay. Of course. Um, oh, I just, the I other big news is the fact that it's got to be connected once every 24 hours to once the internet. Once every 24 hours to the internet. Which nobody seems to like at all. Because it doesn't make any <laughs> sense, like... It just, I don't know, it just seems silly. It seems I mean, unnecessary, but I guess the argument you could level against it that everyone's connected to the internet now. Well, yeah, that's but not, not true. <laughs> that is not. not. Yes, and, and, and they, they bring up things like uh, soldiers in a, another country maybe playing on their Xboxes, you know, and, and maybe they can't get internet access where they are, and they... If they can't update their console, they're not going to do it. They're just going to be playing on 360s, I imagine. Um, I guess so. And I mean, that that sandal, why would you not want... Like, why have you based it so much around this idea of television? And it's too early. Like, we're not there yet. It's not the mm. state of the world. Like, I was just reading... Read comments all the time on this because it's coming up so often because just people are so angry about it. Yeah, and just people saying they've got like they've still only got like five MB connections, even less. They're just like my internet cuts out all the time. I'm in a massive city, doesn't work, it's not reliable. We have blackouts and stuff, and just like power grids go down, so the elect the internet provider can go down and it can go down for 48 hours. Yeah, and what seems to be Microsoft's reply to that is like, oh, well, you can watch TV and watch Blu-rays. And it's just like, but yeah, I can do that on my Blu-ray player or my television anyway. Why are you trying to limit it so much? Mm. And obviously the fact that the publishers are going to be the ones to decide that specialised retailers, which obviously means that retailers like GameStop and the like are going to have to pay a massive amount of money to Microsoft to be included in the ability to sell pre-owned games. None of this is really good news, is it? No, it's not. It's pretty grim, uh, to be honest with you. I'm not very happy about it, but we'll see what happens. And, like, it's a shame because... One of the days where you can just buy a console and play games and honestly, have to worry about all these little uh, niggles. But honestly, I think, Actually, like... they're not. Wii U. <laughs> Wii U, yeah. Thank <laughs> God for Nintendo. Or maybe even Sega, because, I mean, Sega have got something big to announce, maybe a new Sega console. <laughs> Who knows? Rumours are rife for the moment. Yeah. But, like, honestly, I think in the back of my mind, the most pessimistic thing, if both Sony and Microsoft are doing this hardball thing, because, I mean, there's got to be something where Sony must be doing something like this. Because hmm. I don't think EA are going to go from having, you know their cake and eating it too on the Xbox to then publishing on Sony and then not getting the same deal and going, well, we're just going to publish on Microsoft. I think there's going to be then. a similar system in place on the PS3. It's I think there will. inevitable. I, I but I, I think that could lead to another industry I crash. I said PS3, didn't I? You did. <laughs> it's okay. I, honestly, I think that could do an Atari in the 80s. I think people just won't buy consoles. Hmm. Or maybe there'll be a slow start with these consoles, you know, till they iron out these things. Uh, and maybe if they're not good, if they're not selling at the beginning, they might change their uh, their plan. But if it's that much integrated into the console, like Microsoft seems to say, well, we can't take it out. It's part of the console. That's right. what the console does. Then how can you do that? Like, 
It just doesn't make any sense. Like, the, uh, Microsoft issued a statement that in the future they will change, might change their policies on, on these things, shouldn't they? I, I, I think that sounded like they were trying to cover themselves. Don't think, worry, don't worry. Yeah, we'll, in the future it'll like change, it, we'll don't worry. Shell out 400 out. crowns and then, yeah. No, I just, I don't get it. I, I, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to talk about it, but like, happier things. E3, yes. E3, E3 is an exciting time yeah. for new games and that's what is the focus, I hope. And that's why you buy a console. You Indeed, buy a console to play the new games. Uh, yeah, look forward to what's going on. There's been some announcements already. Uh, prior to, to, to E3, we could expect a new uh, Sonic the Hedgehog title called Sonic the Lost World. I'm quite excited about that. We can. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, three Sonic titles will now be exclusive to Wii U, the next three. That's great. Mm. Who knows what the other ones will be, but yeah. it's Oh, one of them, no, one of them has been announced. One of them is the... Sonic and Mario Olympics thing. Oh, is, is it? One of them. Is that yeah. count as a Sonic title? I think so. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. But of course, there's what there's loads of other things uh, going on at E3. Well, like there's a long rumored Shenmue, uh, Sega <laughs> are supposedly announcing something. No, um, I don't know. Sega Destiny or something like I can't remember the name of it. I it's just come up in my head. I completely forgot about it to be honest. But they're announcing some in some kind of service or something that may be nice. Um, apparently, there's some amazing stuff going to get shown for the PS4. Um, there's serious hype train stuff going on on um, Twitter where people are just like, they're allowed to say, like the embargo's been released, that they're allowed to say that they've seen stuff from E3. So people are just like, this stuff coming in the PS4 announcement that's going to blow your mind and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I imagine, like, Xbox is going to have, like, despite all these things with the console that people are seeing the floors, I reckon they're just going to bring out some killer games. Like, they, can affo- they can't afford not to. Like, mm. These new titles and stuff, it'd be interesting to see this game that Remedy making. I'd imagine there'll be a new Halo game. Um, Nintendo as well. Um, we've been told that we'll see Smash Brothers. I'd imagine we'll see a Mario Kart. Gosh, what else can we see? Like, you know, Nintendo. A new Mario title? Possi- I think they've said they're going to be a new 3D Mario title, which is going to be a totally new 3D Mario title, from my understanding mm. of it, not just like Galaxy Super Mario. 3. I, don't, I honestly <laughs> think they'll go beyond that. I think yeah. they need to. Um, we might see more of the new Zelda title for the 3DS. Mm. No, Nintendo is certainly going to be one to watch. Like, you know, like, it's pretty ballsy of them to say that they're not going to be at E3. Obviously, they are. But, like, the fact that they're doing this Best Buy thing as well is amazing. The fact oh, that you're going to be able people... to go to stores and, like, play these games is just incredible. Can you imagine, like, how many people are just going to go to, like, a Best Buy just to play Smash Brothers mm. if that's available? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to see. Uh, and uh, we'll... Uh keep you informed with uh, the various social media we will what's we going will, down at we E3. will be tweeting as it happens um fortunately i'll be working a bit later in work this week so i'll be watching it while i'm working which will be nice but we'll have a roundup at, um as matt was mentioning uh, around about midweek around about midweek yeah i think it ends thursday so we may aim to a podcast on thursday because we've got an outside festival on the weekend on the friday yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that brings us to the end of. Uh, I think it does. Yeah, slice of uh, Tom and Matt gaming goodness. Ooh, yeah. 
But uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, keep keep your comments coming our way. Uh, let us know if you're enjoying the show, what we can do better, you know, what we should focus on, anything like that. We're, we're, we're very open to... Uh, yeah, we're trying to mix up the format a lot. Like, um, I've noticed, thank you to people on Twitter, because there seems to be quite a few of you listening now. But just, like, tune in. Don't be afraid. Just tell us if you think we're something's working, guys. something's not. We're trying to <laughs> make it better. We're trying to make it more listenable. We're trying to make it enjoyable. Like, even if it's, like, community features and this kind of stuff... Um, even hell, uh, tweet us your friend codes. We've both got 3DSs. We, we'll add a few people. I'll be picking up Animal Crossing, New Leaf, despite I my won't. objections to it. Just because a lot of you seem to be playing it, and I think it'd be quite nice to get a bit of a Tom and Matt attack community going. Yeah, and I, I shall definitely keep tabs on uh, on Matt's uh, Animal Crossing adventures, but uh, I sadly will not be picking up the title myself. I, I've had... Too much, uh, <laughs> too much heartbreak, heartbreak with previous Animal Crossing. Oh, that's actually a sad thing I read today as well. Um, do you remember in the GameCube Animal Crossing title, you GameCube, could yeah. uh, you could get the old NES games? And oh play yeah, them you thing. could play Donkey Kong. They've said yeah. that's never going to happen again. Essentially, oh. they would. They've said like we did have a virtual console and stuff. It just seemed like a really nice idea to play a game oh, within wow. a game. But uh, the guy from Kotaku joked and said, well, can we play an old Animal Crossing within an Animal Crossing? And he said, that's an interesting idea. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, like I said, tweet us your friend codes. Tweet us what we can improve and stuff. Uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes. And honestly, like, we're not asking for ass-kissing. We, we want honest opinions. We want to make it better. We want to make it something that you want to listen to, obviously. Oh. Uh, that's why we're doing it. Um, yeah, so do that. Follow us on Twitter, if you don't already. I'm guessing most of you do listen to this now. Um, at TMA Cast. Like us on Facebook at Tom and Matt, uh, forward slash Tom and Matt Podcast, I believe it is. Or maybe even be Tom and Matt Attack. I'll tweet that. It's okay. I'll add it in the description. It's there when you click it. And yeah, until next week then, I guess. Game, Game on! on.